Um, hey, Nathan. Hey, what's up? Hey, so exciting news. I heard something exciting is happening. We're going to do a live episode. What? Yeah, that's right. So you can right. see us and not just hear us? That's right. You can Ugh. see us and hear us I'm going to have to put on time. pants. <laughs> and we'll see you and hear you if you want to be seen and That'll heard. That'll be great. What's our movie? The Wizard, 1989. With Fred Savage? The Wizard with Fred Savage. <sighs> It's kind of like a it's like an, a love letter to Nintendo and it is like video. product placement for Nintendo. Product placement, the movie, <laughs> the Power Glove. Oh, it's so bad. Was it Super Mario Three? Well, I think so. Yeah, think yeah, so, because yeah. warp whistles, all that good stuff. It's good, but it's a bonkers movie. Watch it before you come. Yeah, we're not we're not going to be screening it at the thing because then we'd have to pay the people who made the wizard. And you'd have to pay us. Yes. But it's available on all the streaming platforms. It is for a reasonable rental. And this event is free. <laughs> it's free for you to come hang out with us, participate in our podcast. Uh, but you can, and we recommend that you like reserve your seats so you know that you won't get here and, and find the whole place. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Full. And then hopefully we can have a lot more um live shows like this and if it's a failure we'll never have one again you'll never know <laughs> we'll run out into the audience ourselves and pretend and we promise to be people. if it's a failure we promise we'll never do another uh so please come see us august 19th 2 p.m uh you can make your reservations at nctphoenix.com or call 602-374-5638 to find out more Welcome to the Most Excellent 80s Movie Podcast on the Most Excellent Podcast Network. It's a podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian fall in love with the movies of the 80s, then get reincarnated and fall in love with them all over again as adults. Or maybe fall in love with their daughters. Either way, we get to look back on these 80s masterpieces with 2018 eyes. This is Chances Are, a movie selection from 1989 and part one of our You've Never Seen That? Double feature. From the director of Dirty Dancing, Alex Finch isn't himself today. Who the hell are you? Getting a strong German shepherd vibration. I guess he is someone else. I'm Louis Jeffries. I'm so glad. You two know each other? Is he out of his element? No, no. This is bad. It's the first night thought. Out of his body. It's your first time as a human? I used to be a lawyer. You? My memory came back of my last life. I beg your pardon. You two know each other? Or just out of his mind. They're fooling with polios. Philip! Miranda! You two know each other? People can't. Don't break that, it was father's. All he wants is your money. He wants my body. I'm gonna go upstairs and take a cold shower. Go to your room, Alex! Go to your room. Go. I will, mother. Miranda! Yeah. Alex? Huh? <laughs> Are you going through? Remember this? You two know each other? Sybil Shepherd. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Ryan O'Neill. And Mary Stewart Masterson. This is incredible. Chances are, now on video cassette. Not to be missed. Chances are, only from RCA Columbia Pictures Home Video. <laughs> I think this movie can be summed up with that line used twice in the trailer. You two know each other? Yes. <laughs> That's what kind of movie this is. That's, uh, this, oh my god, there's so many things about yeah. this movie that we need to talk about. Who's going to be talking about them? Why, of course, filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi there. And then uh, comedian Chrissy Lenz. That's correct. And this was my Who has pick. a very deep voice. <laughs> uh, this was my pick for when we decided to do a, a double feature of movies that one or the other of us hadn't seen. We kind of took two different approaches yeah. to it. You picked a movie that most people have seen and that it's surprising I haven't seen. I well, picked a movie no one has seen that is I think there's going to be more crazy. people than I probably thought had seen. So my movie, which is going to be following after this one, is mm -hmm. The Last Starfighter. Right. And I saw... So I was at the, uh, this last Sunday. I was for my, my brother Logan's birthday... Um, who was on the Rambo episode. Um, we went to the Starfighter Lounge Yay! Arcade in Mesa. 
And they had two movies playing. One was um, uh, The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, oh, jeez, Tron. The other one was Tron. They had them just kind of projecting on the walls. Mm-hmm. And I realized I haven't seen this effing movie in 20 years. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I don't know how well it's going to hold up. But I certainly know how well chances are are going to. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I like to show people because, like, it just doesn't make any sense that this was a premise that got past anybody. So, so this is what the IMDb summary so says. So this is a Robert Downey Jr. For those who couldn't see it in the tra- the trailer or whatever, mm-hmm. this is a Robert Downey Jr. rom-com. Yes. And Robert Downey Jr., Sybil Shepard, the matchup yeah. everyone was clamoring for in 1989. Yeah. I, I'd kind of forgotten that Robert Downey Jr., that was kind of like his persona for like 10, 15 years. Yep, for a long time. Because I didn't see any of those movies oh really <laughs> i saw i saw him as kind of a supporting actor and like john hughes stuff as being mm-hmm. kind of like the acerbic witty cutting guy but i never saw any of the ones of him as like the humorous romantic interest and he 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 did a lot of them he like did. from like mid 80s to like mid 90s mm-hmm. he did a ton of them and i i'd never you skipped all those. Well, I do want to talk about some of those a little bit, um, but I but we I have to read the IMDb summary because it you need to if you haven't seen this you need to know going in what this movie is about right. So IMDb says a reincarnated man unknowingly falls in love with his own daughter from a previous <laughs> life. Once he realizes this, he tries to end their relationship before angels erase his memory. That only covers a <laughs> tiny bit of it. That's a ha- yeah. That's not. Quite, they don't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's super accurate. Yeah, it, uh, the way I would rephrase it is: is um, a man who dies and then he's reincarnated, remembers his past life, and tries to hook up with his old wife again, mm-hmm. uh, and then feels weird about being attracted to his own daughter and tries yeah. to avoid her until he then forgets all that and wants to take the. The uh, bullet train to pound town. Yep. Um, oh my god. Yeah, it, it's uh huh. It's the, the the meet and cute. roll credits. The way they meet cute. Is you that, two know each other. This could have been. So this is one of those. Is that your? I have an alternate title. Is that your alternate? Yeah, because it's a whole. It's a whole genre of movies mm-hmm. where they literally could have been a play where it's a single living room stage and people are coming in and out and it's a variety of like matchups of who is talking to each other. The whole the whole movie is kind of based off of not everyone knowing the truth and like the suspense of like when is he going to find out and it, it um it's one of those things that it's a tough line. It can be like fun and delicious mm-hmm. or it can be like these fucking writers, come on, uh, give me a break. It's like manufactured suspense. Like, I I really liked, I really enjoyed, like, Cobra Kai, but there's so much of that. Like, it's stretched out over, like, the last four episodes of, like, oh, if only, if he just told him what he really thought, or there's so many, like, accidental, like, mix-ups, like, Mm -hmm. oh, that person must be dating that person because I'm watching them from afar. Oh, I'm angry, and I'm going to walk away. And and there's so much of, you know, oh, you two know each other? It's like Three's Company. Yeah. Right? There's some kind of misunderstanding that we could clear up so easily. Yeah, you. it's it's good suspense, but it makes you want to put your head through a window. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I was really surprised at how quickly the the Robert Downey Jr. character is just accepts that he is this reincarnated spirit. Yeah. And and is like, no, the I'm gonna immediately tell Yes. I'm gonna come so, clean. So in the sixties, um Shooter he, McGavin. Yeah. So um uh so this is Christopher McDonald. You may not recognize the name, but you'd recognize the face. That's right. He's played 95% of his career he's played these dirt bags and I kept expecting him to be a dirt bag and I f- found him unlikable watching him but on- but not because of anything that he did right <laughs> it's because of all the other roles and you expect him to be dislikable and he never like if you look if you uh, he never does anything that is unlikable no i think this was his chance to be a rom-com you know supporting actor oh yeah he was quite young and 
hadn't yet found his niche as everyone's enemy. Right. As the sleazy guy who you're coming up against in the big golfing tournament and or the head of the HOA who wants to keep you out and or everyone's enemy ever. Yeah, yeah. And so I was... He has resting bitch face. Yes. An active bitch face. Yes. He just has a bitch face. Yeah. Um... But he, he is so in love with Sybil Shepherd, and they get married amid, and I get that it's the 60s, but there were at least 12,000 bridesmaids, conservatively, <laughs> and they all had giant little Bo Peep hats at this wedding. Um, and at the altar, Ryan O'Neill, his best friend, confesses to being in love with Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, so you've got kind of like a... Two guy friends and a and a girl, they're inseparable. It's kind of like Jules and Jim to where you know both are in love with the the woman. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of awkward, but yet they all three love each other so much. He he lets himself into their home. Yeah. In in the on their anniversary, like early in the morning through a hide a key, which can we talk about that? Because the hide a key is hanging on the front fucking window. <laughs> No one's hiding that key. It was a different time. You've got a key to your front door. Why didn't he just put the key on a keychain? Why didn't he just have a key? That's what, yeah. Because anybody who observed them, even casually, could be like, oh, I'm going to break into that richy rich house. These are Uh, extraordinarily wealthy people. Yeah. Well, they they had to show that, that they were such close besties that he would just let himself in. Let himself in and on if, the if he had of his their own, anniversary. If, yeah, if he, if he had his own key, then they're like, what? Is that actually his house? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. But yeah, he lets himself in while they're uh, having intimate husband-wife time with, like, champagne and a tree. <laughs> and he's like, hey. First thing in the morning. I'm here. Third wheel here. Uh, third wheel here. <laughs> and they're not bummed out at all. They're like, oh, he's here. Yeah. And they're, he's, they tell him that they're expecting a baby. He's thrilled. Everybody kisses on the lips. Mm-hmm. And we get a, would you call it a B story of the judge? It's C. It's buried it's, deep. It's, it's, it's not until, like, that. that's the thing. I, I expected it. So it's tied into his mm-hmm. death to a degree. Like, I thought, well, I, I was expecting it to be like, oh, my gosh, he's killed off or something. But it turned out he was just, it was just an accident. Like, he had just got hit by a car but do you do you think it would have made it a more compelling movie if so he discovers a judge he's a lawyer and he discovers that the judge who's overseeing his uh, racketeering mob case throws out all the evidence and based on a tip from ryan o'neill he sees him taking a bribe snaps a picture but he's killed that night do you think it would have made it more compelling if he had if he'd have been discovered and Mm -hmm. run down in the street purposefully Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah. Anyway, he goes, <laughs> he goes to heaven. Dear filmmakers. He, well, there's another sea story, too, of like of the earrings and of the being a reporter. There's there's a lot of sea stories, but he goes to heaven and, and so enamored is he of his wife and needing to be with her that mm. he just rushes into the first available baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't get his injection of forget me nows. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh-huh. Smash cut to I, yeah, I realize we were it's like back in the eighties we were way more accepting that heaven was like a real thing. And then it just had low fog. <laughs> yeah, it was like the classic Christian white heaven of like, oh, like only the, white people. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing white, doing white people things. Uh-huh. Uh and it's like basically an airport waiting room. Like an airport in Sun City or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, everyone has silver foil pocket squares. That's how you know you're speaking with an angel. Uh, so then we meet Robert Janney Jr., who is, as you said, not a huge star at this time, but he had made his mark. He's definitely mm-hmm. the, the guy to get. Everybody loves him. Uh, he's done Less Than Zero and The Pickup Artist. Those are kind of his big things. But all of the rest of his rom-coms of the early 90s and such are, are still to come. Right, right. So what are, what are some of those movies? Um, we've got... Only You. Right. With Marissa Tomei. Heart and Souls. That's going to be my deep the ni- cut recommendation. From the 90s? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, there's just a lot of them like that. Again, all movies I haven't seen. Well, so, and a lot of them you can skip. I mean, okay, so Robert Downey Jr. is one of those guys, uh, and I, I think Rob Lowe is the same, where you you look at them in the 80s in their young selves, it's they're not fully baked yet. 
Mm-hmm. They're too beautiful almost. Like it's like looking at the sun. Oh yeah, like you have to look away. Yeah, like Robert Downey Jr. during this age, he looks like he perpetually has like like he's got a baby face, like mm-hmm. he's got too much makeup on, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have too much makeup on. He's just so He looks exactly and... like the digital version of him yeah. in Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Which is why that was so <laughs> deeply unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think he naturally looks like he's in the uncanny valley. Yes, um, but he and Robert Downey—no, he is Robert Downey Jr. He, who's the other guy? I said Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. They both look so much better now. So pretty. As older That's men. That's the thing. Yeah. That you get a few wrinkles on that face, you get a little silver in the hair, and all of a sudden it's a whole new ball game, which which no one would ever say about a woman their age, <laughs> right? Um, okay, so after chances are he does Air America with. Um, Sleazebag Gibson. Uh, and then Soap Dish in 91. Chaplin, 92. He was nominated. Oh, yeah. he, he was Did great he win? Chaplin. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he won. At the very least nominated. Yeah. Uh, Heart and Souls. Blah, blah. He's in Natural Born Killers, which I remember was a little bit of a, like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, again. yeah. Only You with Marissa Tomei. Uh, Home for the Holidays. So he's still definitely in that zone. Yeah. I, I I felt like he was starting to, like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Wow, he was really good. I haven't seen him in anything in a couple of years, like in Zodiac. Yeah. He's which making, was, like, what, 2003 or something? 2004? He's making some bad movies. We've got In Dreams in 99, which was a... Supporting. Bowfinger, Wonder Boys, all supporting. So, yeah, very minor supporting, kind of peppered in for personality at this point. And then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in 2005. Right. Good Night and Good Luck 2005. So, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was definitely more of a... And then Zodiac. Starting to rebrand his personality there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Zodiac and then Iron Man 2008. Yeah. Not back-to-back, but, yeah, this is sort of the story of Robert Downey Jr. Um, like, So Robert Downey Jr. is, how old do you think he is? If you had to guess. Is it 89? What year this is this? This movie is 89? Yeah. Yes. I, okay. I was going to say, he's not 89, no. Nathan. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess 27. In, the, in this, the time of this movie? 26. How old do you think he is now? Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to because I would have to do math to figure that out. Right. I'm going to guess 26 in this movie. You, but how old do you think he is now? Because that's what I could look 54, up. 54. 53. See? Oh, so okay. Let's say you're spot on. So he is the same age as Catherine Zeta-Jones, Nicole Kidman. So about now, Catherine Zeta-Jones was like, she. well, she looked super young when uh, around this time. Because I remember in, her in The Phantom. Mm-hmm. And that was like, what, 90, 91? Something. something. Yeah, I just think, like, the comparison of, of, like, looking at him being like, he looks so much more handsome as an older man, you know? Like, how many mm. of us look at Catherine Zeta-Jones and be like, you know, she really came into her face in her <laughs> 50s. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, I think prime Zeta-Jones was 30. Yeah. But, like, you know, prime dudes is in their 50s, so. Oh, good. So my times are behind me and yours are ahead of you. Congratulations, oh, Nathan. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so then I'm we... I'm sorry there's only one winner, but um, <laughs> if it had to be. So he meets um, the daughter at a library, and he's cute and charming to her, and then that's it. And then he meets, just coincidentally, Ryan O'Neill while he's in the moment where this becomes a slapstick comedy. Yeah, I, so I so I it wasn't immediately clear but it wasn't necessary um that I I thought it wouldn't be interesting to have been born and to remember your past life immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're going through your 20s, you know, all the way up to your 20s and you're remembering what it was like to be born. So you're actually like 40 or 50 at that point and you're remembering your whole life as a kid. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. Like, to to just like go through the motions and, and the necessary things. Like you can't run off and confess uh, to your old yeah. <laughs> to your old love. Like at least until you're eighteen. You gotta wait. Yeah. But wouldn't that be interesting to live a full life even mm-hmm. as a kid with an adult soul Brain. in you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. It's like, oh wow, Robert Downey Jr. is way more charismatic than the old old guy, and that. That makes sense. It t- took 20 years or so. To For him to ripen. <laughs> right. But no, then we realize, oh, okay, he doesn't know. Mm-mm. And he, it basically takes a blow to his head, 
or like kind of like it, it no that's so that's the thing that knocks him out of his the, yeah it triggers his memory so he meets Ryan O'Neill and he's and that guy's just like oh there's something about you you've got chutzpah kid mm-hmm. why don't you come with me I'm gonna invite you a stranger to someone else's house where two single women live alone <laughs> Please join me. Stay here if you want. I've got to go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit the table so hard. He's homeless. He lives in his car. And so this dude's like. So yeah, Robert Downey Jr. wants to be a reporter, mm-hmm. which Ryan O'Neill is. He goes to D.C. living in his car and he, he's he got the chutzpah and he basically sneaks into the building. Dressed as a chef. Yeah. And then um, and then tries to get into the, the uh, tries to get a job there. So Ryan O'Neill brings him home uh, to Sybil Shepherd's house, basically, um, where he's like, what? Oh, Miranda? Oh, you guys? Oh, you two know each other? That's our first. <laughs> and then when he sees Sybil Shepherd out by the tree with Ryan O'Neill, it triggers a memory. And he, he goes into <laughs> one of those, like, <sighs> freak out yeah. things where he's like, what am I seeing? I don't really know. He proceeds to act like an insane person who's high on bath salts. <laughs> For the entirety of this uh, meal that they have together. Yeah. At the dining room table, he's like smashing his face into things. And Yeah, and they should they they would normally be thinking it's like, oh, this kid is is high. Let's, yeah. Let's let's help him out, but let's not have him stay here. I think the title of this movie should be Bitch, you don't know him. Cause there were <laughs> I wrote that at least twelve times. <laughs> Wait, you two know each other? No, bitch, you don't know him. Like they, they're like he's behaving very strangely. Let's invite him. Let's let him sleep in our home. Two single women. He's acting like someone who's insane. And then they just proceed to let him stay there as long as he fucking wants. She gives him house keys and keys to her car. They let him wear their dead father's tuxedo and accompany them to a gala. They don't know him. Yeah, and she has a really. I mean, I can understand, you know, you're always going to be sad about your first husband or your first love or whatever, but she is just clinging on. It's oh, yeah. Tw- 23 years later, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I could understand not wanting to date anymore, or just like, okay, I, I had a good shot at it. You but just close like, up shop, you brick it up down but there. But she's like pouring a separate glass of wine for his portrait 23 years later and giving him a york peppermint patty yeah that's it's it it is definitely unhealthy Mm -hmm. which i mean even the psychiatrist says so yeah and he's like basically i cannot help you i've told you you need to there's nothing i can say to you 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 gots to go he reminded me a little bit of the of the psychiatrist from overboard because he's just like what do you what am i here for you're crazy uh she really is she has lived the last 23 years basically with Ryan O'Neill being her co-parent and partner in life, mm-hmm. just 100% blind to the fact that they're in love. Right. Oh, no, no. We, we can't be... No, no. We can't be in love. I, w- I No, I would never. It's too soon to, to tell her. And There was never a right time. <laughs> Louis was always there with us. And Robert Downey Jr., as Louis, like, really does try and push... Ryan O'Neill right out the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, get out of here, you. I've got my old wife to bone. Um, yeah, this movie is nuts. Um, but he comes right out. Like, he cuts right to the chase. As soon as he realizes that he is yeah. the so reborn. As soon as, he, as soon as he remembers, his old Robert Downey Jr. personality is effectively supplanted. Mm-hmm. He goes to the the hidden place, the sunken yes. place, and and then you've got the new personality taking over. So there's what I expected there to be. It's like a battle of the two personalities over mm-hmm. what they want, and so that doesn't happen. No, it really doesn't. No. So and- like where that would have been funny is is Robert Downey Jr. was originally you know interested in the daughter mm-hmm. uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, mm-hmm. and it would have been more comical or interesting as if dad versus suitor were both in robert downey jr trying to fight over control but instead it's just like oh no but you know don't wear that put you know all the dad stuff like you know it's like mm-hmm. wear something less revealing and yeah. it's like no no no, no we can't uh, yeah girls and mm-hmm. you know um yeah so he's completely the old yeah there's no point at all where young robert downey jr is like wait a minute 
maybe I want to take the wheel mm-hmm. for a minute. He just immediately is like, no, I'm I'm this guy, and I want to convince Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> yeah, I can't necessarily. We can't necessarily say that would have been better, but it would have been at least a little more complex. I think there would have been more acting to do. Yeah, if he's acting like, you know, acting with himself, like Robert Downey Jr. could have done that well. Yeah. You know? Kind of, it would make me think of Steve Martin in All of Me. Yeah. Where he's wrestling with Lily Tomlin yeah, yeah, yeah. for control of his body. Yeah. I think he could have done that, but that's not what they care about. He immediately goes to her work and is like, hey, what's up? Right. Uh, don't freak out. I'm the reincarnated version of your husband. And all she does is calmly ask him to leave. Yeah. Really what, so it, in some ways, Robert Downey Jr. is the angel who's here to show up to make sure that Sybil Shepard and Ryan O'Neill are are ripe and randy again. Yes. (laughs) Well, and like, there's a little bit of a back and forth. Uh And then she's like, no, 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 I buy it. You're Louie. You come back to me. Let's go to the park. They have a day together. Mm -hmm. And they are so randy for each other. Then they're like, let's go home and bone. But she doesn't want to because she, it's been 23 years Uh since she closed up shop. Um, I love her underpants, by the way. But so she has, Sybil Shepard in this movie has the most beautiful lingerie. And that's what it is. It's lingerie. So she's got, you know, really beautiful camisoles and like really elaborate bras and like these high-waisted shorts that go over the underpants. It's a whole to-do. She has these like beautiful negligees that fit her body perfectly which made me wonder so are those still the ones from the 60s and 23 years later this woman in her late 40s still fits perfectly into her pre-pregnancy lingerie from her 20s if so damn (laughs) or is she buying lingerie strictly for herself which which shouldn't we all Mm-hmm. Have have the confidence. Self-romance. And, and yeah, exactly. She's just buying them to lounge around and serve York peppermint patties to her dead husband's framed photo. Either way, her collection is on point. <laughs> She's got beautiful underpants. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so they're, they're going to take it to Pound Town. And at that moment, Ryan O'Neill walks in on them. Yeah. I've got something to say. Yep. Yeah. And then a fight ensues. RDJ, being 20, knocks out the older gentleman. Right. And then Sybil Shepard's immediately like, poof, the spell is broken. Right. She's like, no, you've heard him. I love him. I can it's I such can't a, live It's such a 180. Him. It's such it, a 180. And then she 180s again. Yeah. And slips a note under the door for Robert Johnny Jr. that says, I can't imagine what I was thinking. I'll see you at midnight. Yeah, so this is where we've gotten into into um, uh, that that kind of like a stage play. Yep, it's a farce. Yeah, comedy farce. It's noises off meets. Uh-huh. We're we're every we're it, it it like eight times everything gets reversed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and again you've got the confusion of of who is which person. Someone's in disguise, and I thought they were doing this, and and you know each other. Yeah. <laughs> Because what Robert Danny Jr. he he has about fifteen minutes of soul searching. Yeah, and he realizes that Ryan O'Neill and Sybil Shepherd should be together. I don't know what he thinks he's going to do with himself. He so he basically yeah, and, and again, like it. if they were both, if he was wrestling with his old personality, his new personality, he could say, "Kid, this is your life. I had my chance. Yeah. Why don't you?" You drive now. Yes, exactly. That would be such a nice moment of, of or him mm-hmm. like just arguing with himself, like Robert Downey Jr. being like, "Can't you see they belong together? You had your, you're dead, man. Let go." And then for him to like have that realization, I guess it's they're they're not they're showing us, not telling us, except they're also not showing us. Right. Hmm. So he basically engineers a hookup with Sybil and Ryan O'Neill, and then for some reason, goes to watch Mary Stuart Masterson, the daughter, mm-hmm. do a mock trial. At this point, C-plot <laughs> comes into the fore. Right. Just so you know, the C-plot like takes up 90 seconds of screen time. Give or take. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to watch her do a real trial or a mock trial? Because she's still a student at Yale. Am I wrong? Maybe she's watching a trial or... I don't know what... Yeah, I've... I. I would be lying if I was paying a lot of attention at this yeah. point. 
There is a really cute moment between she and the daughter and Simple Shepherd, the mom, where she's like, your purse, your first power suit. And it's the <laughs> ugliest damn thing. And it's so, I so, really loved it. Sort of coming back to their weird family dynamic. There's yes. a moment where, where Mary Stewart mashes and thinks Sybil Shepherd hooked up with Robert Downey Jr. Oh. She kicks open the door. Uh-huh. She finds Ryan O'Neill. And she's naked. De- yeah. And he's deli- she's delighted. And they've got this. She's like. I want details, and everyone's like, "Oh, that was so gross!" Yeah, Ryan Ryan O'Neill is like delighted she came in. It's not like, "Oh my god, no! What what are you doing here?" There's no embarrassment. No, she climbs onto the bed where he is under the sheets, right? Nude, we assume. She just stomps right up there and like kisses him on the face. Oh yeah, they full on hug. He is fully nude. Their bodies press against each other. It's so hey, at least they're at least they're sex positive. Yes. You know, for the late 80s, that was pretty progressive. Yes, yes. Um, we're we're being no, bad Americans right now. No details for you. <laughs> Look, no. we, we want everyone to be sex positive, but there should also be shame still. <laughs> I was going to say boundaries, but, yeah. but sure, shame. Yeah, let's, let's do that. There's um, no reason we can't have both. And I mean, I wish I could say that there were some like, deep issues that this movie taps into while they're out on their carnival date. She gets a hot dog and the vendor's like, oh no, your son paid. And like, they don't really explore that either. Or what What is going to be the fallout of if they were to be together of a 43-year-old woman and a 46-year-old woman yeah, and a 23-year-old the, man. The, yeah, the, the social concerns. Like if a friend saw them together or something like that, like what would be the reality of this future of them together Mm -hmm. because he says to her at some point i want to have at least two more babies Mm -hmm. it's not too late for that right and she's like well no technically i guess it's not you they've known this person for three days meanwhile miranda's like i think i'm in love with him it's like bitch you don't know him (laughs) and what you do know about him is that he's an insane person who has never once behaved like someone you would want to have in your life. If he had, if this had turned a, a sharp left and he murdered them all, I think that would have been. <laughs> this would have been a lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that he was fooling them all along. Well, he is at several points assaulting her in her office, in the house. Like he is like forcing her down and being like, no, you will kiss me and then you will see. No, you can't do that. You can't, you shouldn't <sighs> do that. The 80s. Right. Um, so I know another possible alternate ending, she dies in an accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like they're having that big confrontation. Ryan O'Neill's like, no, I love her. Are you really the reincarnated mm-hmm. version? What? And she runs out into the street, boom, hit by a car. Yeah, if you wanted to maximize the incest, <laughs> you would take Robert Downey Jr., Mary Stuart Masterson, they would get married, they'd have a kid, and it'd be Sybil Shepherd. They're new, so she gets killed. And she comes on back. Yeah, she comes on back as their daughter. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the first car accident, though? Because I don't think that would have killed him, unless he, like, really has a glass skull. He gets hit by a slow-moving car. <laughs> well, maybe he had a condition. Maybe, but he's also, like, he's standing on the other side of the street, marveling at her beauty. Uh-huh. A car passes by, a car passes by. He literally holds up one finger, like, you just wait. Yeah. Safety first. It's probably real boom. it's probably real life realistic. It's just not movie realistic. Okay. We're used to people, you know, getting crushed and being hit by you know, like I fully expect at one point in my life that I'll just trip over my sandals and I'll just hit the ground and I'm dead. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> or choke on a cherry or something well, like that. Well there are other movies where people get shot six times and hit by several oh, cars. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure John Wick gets hit uh by a car going 100 miles an hour and just, just sort of slightly limps away. Yeah. Uh, this guy just drops dead. So if um, anything, we're numb. Yeah. It doesn't convince me. We're, we're numb to the, 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 uh, the charm and simple naivete of the, the 80s. Of Killing people. Yeah. <laughs> so the sea Death st- and killing. The sea story resolves itself because he remembers that there's a photograph yeah that he took an incriminating photograph of the judge mm-hmm. um, getting paid off and because by the mob boss personally personally in person in a photographical photographicable photographicable <laughs> photographical there's evidence yes um and 
that evidence helps Robert Downey Jr. to secure a job as a reporter at the paper once he has been fully mind erased. Mm-hmm. So he's mind erased. Yes. But- so, yeah. So finally, the angel shows up who who missed his... So it's an inoculation that makes you forget your old life. Forget-me-nows. Yeah. Um, and uh, it took him 23 years to finally track down Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and give him his inoculation. Mm-hmm. And so he forgets, but... Uh, Wouldn't it have been easy to inoculate a baby? Yeah, catch that baby. He knew where he was sending him, too. Yeah. He knew exactly where he was going. But then also, like, Sybil Shepard and Ryan O'Neill, who who are fully convinced now that that was Louis in there, have to then go on with the knowledge that he's still the reincarnation of her dad, but mm-hmm. now that his his soul has... The Louis part of him is gone. Mm-hmm. And it's been recycled into Robert Downey Jr. Is so that okay, right? so so here's the so let's let's talk about, right? let's talk about the the fictitious sequel. Okay, okay. so because I, I have a reboot idea. Okay, here's our, so our reboot. Okay, so Robert Downey Jr. Mary Stuart Masterson are married, mm-hmm. and they break the news to him that uh, that he used to be Louis. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Sybil Shepherd dies and is reborn as their daughter. Oh, good God! And so, but she. This time remembers as a baby her old life immediately. Mm-hmm. And hilarity ensues. Oh, my goodness. So here's what I... If I were going to reboot this, I would do... <laughs> I mean, it's the creepier version. Yeah. Now, what you do is you, you make Sybil Shepherd having remembered her entire life, but now she's 18 or 16. And isn't that kind of Peggy Sue got married? Like, am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe I don't remember that movie as well as I thought I did. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, how creepy to be a child with an adult's knowledge. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't like the yeah. idea. So I'm going to say let's reboot this, but let's have Robert Denny Jr. play the Sybil Shepherd role. Uh-huh. And it's the wife that dies and is so in love with the husband that she has to reincarnate herself to find him. Yeah. Does that change? Does that make it less creepy or more creepy? In some ways, I think more. it makes it more believable that like Robert Downey Jr. at fifty three would be married to a twenty year old. Yes, that's more believable. But um, <laughs> the, it, it would be maybe more negative that um, that she's going to die and she needs him. She needs to be with him again. Yeah. To be happy again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, ultimately, we all want love, and we have we have trouble getting it. That's right. And uh, but it's oh. it's time for some more, more positive. Um, there is a very wild. sweet wedding at the end where Tatum O'Neill and Sybil Shepherd are getting married, and that's pretty sweet. I thought that was a nice button. Did you? You're rolling your eyes. It's fine. I mean, it it's was. Fine. It wasn't. <laughs> She's got this Laura Ashley dress, though, that's like... It was a standard wedding. There wasn't... So 80s. So perfectly 80s. By the way, these people are all... This, like, my alternate title, besides Bitch You Don't Know Him, is Mm -hmm. White Privilege the Movie. White Privilege. Because these people are just in such a richy, rich bubble. They have no fear of... It's definitely upper society. Yeah. They have no fear at all Mm -hmm. for their own safety when they bring this young white homeless boy and for into that, their house. They should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> They've got yeah, it, it's definitely more kind of um I'd say like the Woody Allen version of New York to where it's like the white upper class. Yeah. But uh, obviously this is in DC and it's a little more it's mm-hmm. the tone is different, but um But also Robert Downey Jr is the best man in yeah, this Yeah, it's wedding. a comedy of you know, and it's he's like only the, known them a week. Yeah. It's definitely like those comedy of manners more style of of shape you know it yeah it's, it this is a this is a stage play yeah i wonder if it even whatever it was like i'm interested like if what the the writer has done also so I, I did a little bit of reading about that there's not a lot to say about this movie like this isn't one of those ones that people are like can you believe this crazy movie um but it, like basically the writers were just right. it doesn't jump all of the sharks no no no. And it plays it pretty straight. Yeah. It doesn't really go for this, very this much This can comedy. totally be one of those movies that you see until you're, like, up until you're, like, 16 or whatever and think there's nothing wrong with it. And then when only when you come back as an adult, it's like, there are some 
weird angles on this. Well, that's what it was for me. My my parents loved this movie. Oh, yeah. They thought it was so cute and charming. So I saw it oodles of times when I was a kid. And it wasn't until later in life that I was like, wait, that's messed up. <laughs> that guy was in love with his own daughter. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they could have played it for more comedy. I think they could have played it for more drama. Like it, But the, so the guy who directed it was uh, obviously, as the trailer said, the director of Dirty Dancing. Um, and I did read that the writers were inspired by, inspired by the story of their aunt, who so loved her husband, who tragically died, that she just boarded it up and, and was remained committed to him until the day she died 60 years later and they were like hilarious and they were like isn't that sweet (laughs) let's let's make a movie about Uh that and no see i know why you chose this movie it's because your obsession with uh creepy weird mannequins (laughs) (laughs) wait where does where are their creepy weird she's got all the mannequins of the uh the the first ladies (gasps) oh my god you're right and they are hideous aren't they oh yeah they are full-on creepy there there's even one where it's like Go get yourself a girlfriend. And then they walk away, and it's just him standing with all the mannequins behind him. And it's like, well, there's your option. Yeah. Right there. We just saw a mannequin. You're right. Nathan, what if I have some kind of mannequin thing? Look, um, I think there are many different types of people. I need help. And again, we all, we all need love. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> These are the problems when you program a child's brain by watching <laughs> yes. mannequin over and over again. And then chances are over yeah. and over again. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, all right. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how many um, incriminating photographs of judges and mom bosses? <laughs> I'm going to Or wait, wait. Right. On a scale of 1 to... <laughs> a scale of 1 mannequin of a first lady. Yes. The Eleanor Roosevelt one, which is a scale of 10 mannequins of first ladies. Which would be... The Jackie Kennedy? Or one we didn't see. Let's just yeah. be optimistic. We didn't even talk about that whole scene where a woman gives $2 million just because like, uh, It's a personal danced. check. It's a personal check. To, it'd be just because she danced. I don't think a bank would take that. She also died because Almost of how died. thrilled she was <laughs> just to pat him on the tush a couple times. Oh, yeah. She was way into that. She, and all she, there were other young men there. Yeah. And she just was like grabbing his tush. There's lots to see. Yeah, okay. But but do you recommend people see this movie? I can't necessarily. I can't either. I think that just listen, take yeah. our word for I it. I think I've been rating some of these movies a little too high. Do you? Maybe. I don't think I'm, I'm going to rate this one high. I give it five mannequins of I, first ladies. Yeah, I'm going to give it five. And I think that's generous. I think it is too. I mean, for us, it's like, I feel like four or three or anything in that zone, like I really have to dislike it. Yeah. Like, five is, like, eh, eh poor. Like, five is, to me is, like, eh, poor, you know. Like it's fun to talk about, but, six, you know, it was Six is okay, seven watch. is, like, good, eight is, like, you know. Better re- than good. Well, yeah, like, ultra good. Awesome, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, nine or ten are, like, excellent. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that this movie is was fun to talk about, but not fun to watch. Yeah, I think this is five incriminating judge photos. Yeah, I think it is. It's a the plot is weird, but the performances and the execution of it yeah. is not. I'd almost say that this would be a good double feature with Mannequin. Mm-hmm. Uh, only if like you start with Mannequin and you're like, assume this is more of a a girls' night. It's <sighs> white, there you go with that again. White wine and. <laughs> So this is like after the, you're, you're kind of bleary-eyed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little more charming once you're like a bottle and a half. In? in. Just yeah. <laughs> the whole group of us or yeah. just one person? Just one person. That's how I imagine And then you just night. start crying and yeah. trying to and, and feed no, your you, peppermint and then patties. And you're sleeping during certain sections of that and you're thinking, this was a good double feature. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just forget this movie exists. Mm-hmm. All right, what is your deep cut recommendation? Why don't you go first as I think of one? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so my deep cut recommendation is going to be the movie Heart and Souls from 1991, um, which, let me tell you, my parents also love that movie, and so we watched it quite a bit. But I haven't gone back to watch it as an adult, so it may not be good. But I remember it as being good, and basically the plot is that uh, there's a bus accident 
in the 60s again so many so many vehicular deaths in the 60s uh and all the souls that can't move on who are in this bus latch on to the nearest baby who grows up to be robert downey jr and of course in order to cope and get through life he has had to when he's a baby he can see them he talks to them they play they're his imaginary friends uh, but, of course, that makes you a crazy person, so they get him to stop all that. And then suddenly when he's an adult, some sort of time clock gets initiated. And so these trapped souls realize they need to not only convince him that they're real, but also to get him to help them resolve whatever their life issue was so that they can move on. And uh, one of them is Kira Sedgwick. One of them is Tom Sizemore. And that's all I can remember. But he has they have to, like, convince him that... Um, they that he needs to help them. Yeah, I remember I remember I haven't seen the movie, but I remember it from like the these series of movie magic uh VHS tapes that used to be at the TV station yeah. I worked at and 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 then they they highlighted this movie because it was one of what was when they finally figure out how, how to do wire removal. Oh. And so they had like all these these people floating down like the the souls are floating down and they're able to digitally remove the wires. Oh, wow. So, let's see. Who else is in it? For wire removal um, aficionados, this is an important movie. It is. Go back and watch it. Elizabeth Shue is in it. Uh, Alfre Woodard. uh, Charles Grodin. So, you know, this might be a worth... It might be good. I remember it as being cute. But, like, somebody obviously was like, oh, let's get Robert Downey Jr. He is so good with Trapped Soul movies. That's your double feature. Mm-hmm. It's your Robert Downey Jr. Trapped Soul double tweet, double feature. Maybe Fried Green Tomatoes if you want to see a better Mary Stuart Masterson movie. I like your first one. Okay. I, that's... I recommend Men in Their 50s. <laughs> that's my deep... <laughs> that's my deep cut recommendation. Find you, find you a silver fox. Okay, so my deep cut recommendation is not going to be super specific. Okay. So my, my recommendation would be finding another one of these, like comedy of misunderstandings or comedy of errors i'm totally blanking out but i feel like that's kind of like this is like the modern when i say modern there's like a title card in the movie that says present day mm-hmm. and i feel like that can get that that can be maybe we we want we want to not use that as much anymore because it's really only good for like about 10 years it's like oh present day oh wow 2000 15. Like, wait a minute. No, it's not. Look at those shoulder pads. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait. It's not 2015. It's 2018. Yeah. Ah, Shoot. Yeah. We've got cell phones now. Right. Um, so you recommend farce. Yeah. So I recommend a farce like The Tempest or something like that where it's like a comedy of errors. Um, Noises off. Maybe death at a funeral. Yeah. It, it, and, and the 80s version is really just kind of... Uh, it's like, when I say the modern, I mean the 80s. The modern version of that same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's really what this is. It's really just it really like... A, is, it's yeah. really a stage play. So the, this movie was nominated for Oscars. <laughs> and Golden Globes. Because of the song that barely plays in the movie, Not Chances Are by Johnny Mathis. Chances are... Right, right. Because of the uh, Cher song... Oh, uh, yeah, at the end. After all, uh-huh. right? After all that we've been through. Um, oh, we've got to plug the last Starfighter. Oh, we do, yes. Uh, so be sure to join us next time on the most excellent 80s movie podcast where we're watching The Last Starfighter from 1984, a movie I have never seen. And I haven't seen in 20 years. Yeah. It will not hold up. <laughs> uh, so don't forget well, to rate, review, Go on, give us five stars. Or oh, Chrissy, many... I, I hear we have a review. Oh, do we? Oh, that's, that's right. Let's so if, if you write us a review on iTunes or St- Stitcher, um, are we anywhere else? Is it mainly just those We're two? We're everywhere else, but there's just like, there's, but there's no, no place one else, else worth. Yeah. Right. We will either reward you or punish you by reading your review. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, I heard we got a new one. We did. This is a five-star review from DRB Dog Thirty Three. What a fun pod! Exclamation point. I really like this show and the movie Mannequin. I also really love that Nathan Blackwell. He sounds sexy. And at least one person found this helpful. I suspect it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> but uh, thank you for that review. Please keep those reviews coming uh, because we we want them. We need them. Help people find us. Uh, go on to our Facebook group. 
uh, Most Excellent 80s Movies on Facebook. And, uh, you know, like, thumbs up wherever you listen. Do the review thing. You know how this works. I did find that helpful. You did find it helpful. <laughs> All <laughs> In right. In so many ways. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember when you're out there in the world, be excellent to each other and... After, After all the stops and starts, we can come the back to these two songs. Two angels <laughs> come and rescue. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. Yep. Feel free to tune out of our podcast now or listen to the trailer for The Wizard. California, please. It's $226. Well, we only have $27.30. What does that get us? Nowhere. Corey's taking his brother Jimmy on a ride. These two boys already traveled more than 80 miles across the state. We've hired someone to find him. What's his problem? He's just shy. But Jimmy's got a secret. You got 50000 on Double Dragon? That could make this the ride of their lives. Look at him. He's a wizard. He's headed for the video championship. <laughs> this guy? What is that? Power glove. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves up for all right. With a touch of romance. I am not kissing a boy. And a ton of trouble. That's you. We're too late. Get there any way they can. Jimmy! Here we come! It's Jimmy! Jimmy. It's Jimmy! Come here! Hey! Now what do you think you're doing to him? All his life, you've been telling him to do what you want him to do. How about once you ask him what he wants to do, huh? Now, video Armageddon! Take a lot of guts. You can do it! A little magic. You're and the wizard, Fred Savage. The wizard. Fred Savage build ahead of Christian Slater and <laughs> <laughs> one of the bridges is. If you if you secretly wish that over the top was actually them playing video games, this is the movie for you. <laughs> so join us. Yay!